okay, like even if I were to misspeak, that happens to everyone, but then what happens next, you know? And that's where I feel like a lot of issues come up for men, especially these days. It's like, it's not actually that you can't say the wrong thing or like that. It's just that if you do say something that's insensitive and someone calls you out on it, even if maybe the call out is more of a call out and not like a calling in, Mm -hmm. still see it for what it is and don't jump back. Don't like shoot back at it. Just be soft. That I feel like is the pivotal moment where a lot of these folks, they lose the thread where it's like, well, it wasn't actually about what you said exactly. It's how you reacted when people said that what you said was not great. Welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and that, talking just a second ago, that there was this week's super nice guest, hyper-hyper-talented New York musician, Miles Francis. And, and Miles' career right now is at the, the lift-off-and-go-boom stage. Miles is what's happening. Miles is what's next. You hear to hear first. Um, now I'm just going to read. I'm going to read from their media kit because whoever wrote it is way better at hyping and writing than me. Collaborating with the likes of Angelique Kidjo, Sharon Jones, and the Dap Kings, and Arcade Fire's Will Butler, while naming shapeshifters like Prince and David Bowie among their essential touchstones, great touchstones, by the way, Miles Francis ultimately alchemized those inspirations into a highly percussive form of art pop, both lavishly orchestrated and visceral in impact. As an artist indelibly informed by the kinetic energy and eclecticism of New York City, Francis drew immense inspiration from their hometown. At the start of the protests and the resurgence of Black Lives Matter last year, I realized the most direct way I could help was to get a drum and go out to marches and keep a beat for organizers, says Francis, who soon assisted a friend in the founding of a New York-based collective called Musicians United. Now, now, that was just a tease. That was a, a media tease. And there's a lot more to Miles than music. Although it's through music that they engage most directly in the most important dialogues and movements of our times. Our times, our shared times. Uh, we'll play a track or two from Miles' upcoming release, Good Man, which drops on all platforms March 4th. And as always, we'll be giving away an electric car to the first person who accepts Miles' Be Nice Challenge, or truck. The truck, the Rivian, the brand new Rivian truck. So really, that's awesome. It's worth paying close attention to this podcast to win that awesome prize. Um, because, it's, well, it's a, it's a truck. No, it's a T-shirt. It's a T-shirt, uh, not a Rivian. The Rivian is is in a future episode that we give that away. So just, you know, wait for that. This one, T-shirt, just as cool, even better, way more environmentally friendly. Okay, on to some super nice club business. First of all, thank you, dear listener. Love you for being in the club. If you're not in the club, just follow us uh, on Instagram or Twitter, or if you're really old, Facebook. Uh, Even better, go to our site and sign up for our guaranteed to be funny and nice newsletter so you can get alerted to cash prize giveaways, the latest um, designer pharmaceuticals, and of course, super nice gatherings near you where you can meet super nice club members and make new friends. Uh, for extra bonus points and to really join the club, just text the secret phrase, Miles Francis is hella sexy right now 
to 310-421-0393. 310-421-0393, right? Secret phrase, Todd Brilliant is hella sexy. No, Miles Francis, right, okay. Uh, hit up our website, superniceclub.com for the world's nicest shirts, hats, hoodies, stickers, and we have our new, brand new Yacht Rocker trucker hat. It's a thing of beauty, it's pristine. Uh, and our new Love is the Drug long sleeve and short sleeve shirt. Roxy Music fans, uh, fans of love. Yeah, it's a great shirt. All of our items are 100% guaranteed, 100% guaranteed to start a nice conversation with a stranger or your money back. And the world needs more nice conversations, don't you think? I mean, it really, really does. We really, really do. Okay, ready for Miles? Turn off everything else. Tune out the rest of the world and drop into nice work with super nice Miles Francis. All right. Miles, Miles Francis, welcome to Nice Work Podcast. Glad you're here. What's going on? Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, nothing much. I'm just uh, just in Bridgewood, Queens in my apartment. Just chilling. That's great. I'm looking. So this is an audio podcast. I'm, I'm sorry, folks who listen and you can't see, but I'm seeing, what am I seeing here? I'm seeing a bunch of framed works there, like not quite diplomas, more like a lot of line drawings and a yeah, bunch yeah. of albums across the top. Tell me, tell me what you got rocking across the top shelf, some vinyl. Up yeah. There. Yeah. I like, I love like looking at work that I've done sort of on the walls mixed with other things. So yeah, the albums, let's see. We got uh, a couple albums by Teen, uh, which mm -hmm. is my partner Lizzie's band that I also have played with and co-produced. So there's two albums there. And then this album is uh, MFA, my former band, uh, the record that I made back in 2015. And then a record by Antibalas, which I played on in 2012. And uh, my partner Lizzie's album, which I co-produced. Yeah. And soon to be my album will be up there, you know, if, if, I, if I'm lucky. <laughs> You'll get it. It's coming soon. So here's how I came into you. The first time I saw you and heard you, I mean, it was online, but that counts as real these days, I guess, sadly, oh, yeah. oddly. Very real. Uh, <laughs> you were uh, singing and dancing and making music on top of, I think it was a truck being driven around Times Square, right? Yes. I was like instantly <laughs> hooked by all of by your look, by your sound, huge happiness bubble. That was all around you and people on the streets looking up at you, giving you high fives. What was that all about? Did you drive all around New York, like doing free mobile outdoor musical theater? What was the, what was, what was that? Yeah. So that was surrounding uh, the, I put out a song in, uh, called popular. Um, mm -hmm. And that was in, this was in August. And the song I is all about just, you know, exploring narcissism and just, promo and you know like inflated ego and everything which is kind of a running theme through uh through a few of my songs but this particular song i knew i had to like go all out for the release and i didn't know what i was going to do yet but i've had this idea of setting up on a truck you know flatbed truck and just driving around um when lockdown happened uh, that was one thing i was dreaming of of like man i would love to just go out and just play for people and, and just bring like a little ounce of joy um, to like, you know, just but fleeting, not like setting up and just like blasting people, but just like, Oh, you know, what is that? And just that little New York thing that, that we all love. Um, 
so yeah, that's what I did. I, I finally was like, Oh, popular is coming out. You know, I, I enlisted my dad to, to who's like a, a brilliant, like builder of all things. He's also mm-hmm. a musician. Uh, and we built this, the stage that we could just fit right on a U-Haul pickup truck. And we put my drums up there and I just performed all day all around New York city um, and was on Instagram live the whole time. And it was just like sort of an expression of just like, you know, 2021 shame, the most shameless promo that you could possibly do. Um, And yeah, it was pretty exhausting, but it was really, really fun. And I will definitely be doing it again in some way. Did you have any moments when you were out there of connecting with people on the street that was different for you as a performer? Yes. Yes. Um, Just seeing people in their daily routines. uh, I loved that. I loved just being my like most weird out there self just on the back of this truck being driven around and I would catch up with people who are just like standing on the corner or people stuck in traffic. There were a lot of great traffic moments where I would just be performing to a bus full of people right next to me. And then, and then they would move on and I would just, you know, (laughs) it was, it was a very uh, Zen kind of thing of just like, I'm just going to be me and just do the most me that I can. And, and all these people are just going to pass by and pass through and maybe they'll feel something or maybe it'll just be uh, what the fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. It's also such a, to me as a lifelong Californian, it's such a New York city thing that I love when I go out there, the, the street performers, whether they're performing musically or just with, I'm rocking this outfit today and it is sort of a, this is my performance art. I don't have to say anything or do anything except for go to the cafe and sit there, but bam, look at me. I yeah. love that about New York. Yeah. What is that yeah. about New York? Something about the water out there. Yeah. I think here there's, there's a culture of, um, of just sort of walk going through your day, walking down the street or going from A to B and the amount of sort of tuning out of your environment that happens also yields sort of this like anything goes kind of attitude of just like you're just walking down the street and you see this and you see that and it all kind of mixes the the sort of what is deemed as normal or or like every day is mixed up with like some very out there thing and and I think that it all kind of just melds together and that's just like oh yeah yeah today I saw this this guy on the back of a truck and then I turned the corner and someone was dressed up as Elmo and then I went and got a coffee and then I went to work and you know whatever right there's a guy in his <laughs> underwear with a cat on his shoulder and yeah. it's just normal yeah so let's let's talk about the song that you just referenced popular just hit a remix of that right future generations remix I saw that pop yeah. up on Spotify not long ago should we just play that right now? Sure. Or would, you, or would you rather pump something else? No, I'm down to I'm down to play the remix or, or the original and the remix. They're they're kind of a fun like A B uh, between the two. So all right, yeah, which one which one should we introduce people to? Pick it. I would say play the original first. All right. So we're gonna play the original of popular right now, folks. So listen, here's the thing. I want you to clear some mental space. Go find your best listening environment. If it's in your car, if you're in your car, it's already probably it. All right. So just turn it up, find a little bit of a moment and sink into the song. All right. You ready? I'm going to hit play now. Yeah. 
Three, two, one. awesome that was awesome yes i actually <laughs> sat here and listened to the song while you guys did um no we didn't <laughs> um no the song is great that's the song that got me hooked that's the song that uh you were playing popular in the that was the video yes uh and yes. i played that song so many times that, that day, day. <laughs> <laughs> um i love this song the remix is great too 
how has it been for you? How has popular been as, as a, uh, like this is a legit sort of pop single. Yeah. It's a very dark song, but it's, but it masked as kind of like a happy little like romp. (laughs) And so it's like, and that, that's kind of where I like to, to live. Um, and the, the remix actually kind of flipped that on its head because it's, it makes it even more sunny and even more kind of like carefree sounding, even though the lyrics, which ended up illuminating the lyrics even more because the lyrics are just kind of the sad state to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm really happy that song is out. You know, I, it, it is a lot of sort of what I think about when I, in terms of interacting with the world as it is today um, and how we interact with each other and how we all think of ourselves. There's a lot of ego flying around. And this song is a little, is kind of my little like jab back. <laughs> and that's going to be on your next album, right? On good, on good man. Yes. Yeah. And yes. when, when are we going to, when are we going to get a taste of the whole thing? Uh, yeah, the album is called Good Man and it's coming out on March 4th. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited about it. It's like, it's my baby. Um, I will be announcing the album and putting out the, the title track and sort of from there, it's going to, it's going to build, but uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of my, a lot of my philosophy and a lot of my, what I think about every day is finally going to come out into the world, which is such a, uh, just, you know, it's what I live for. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to feel so good. You know, when you have a career, not most careers aren't necessarily like that, where you have something that is going to be sort of crystallized and summarized and, and coalesced into an offering that is out there. It's, it's an album or it's a movie or, you know, an art piece, something like that. And then all of this work that you put into it, you then sit and no matter I just think it's really hard to not then feel like the world is going to be judging your judging you. Right. Like, am I any good? Am I relevant? Are people getting it? Do I have a tribe? Are they out there? God, that's gotta be so exciting and also a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Or are you just like, whatever, if three people are into it, that's cool. Isn't it kind of a scary moment for you when you drop stuff? Um, I, for me, it's not really scary at all. It's, I I have a, it's like, I I do so much of my processing and and thinking and communicating through music. And a lot of that is private a lot of the time. Uh, And so when I do have the chance to share uh, even just one song, it's like, I feel understood even if it's it is just one person listening who gets it or whatever it's like this feeling of sort of aligning with the outside world whereas usually there's a lot of inside worlds you know a lot of things swirling around and and I, I love that space but when I can align with the outside world and when somebody else can understand what I'm feeling or what or my body or my you know what I'm thinking about then it's just, that is the best. So I'm not really scared, you know, and, and I've put out enough music on my own that, mm-hmm. that oh, like next to nobody has heard at this point. Like I've put out stuff that a lot of people have heard. I've put out stuff that nobody's heard. You know, it's like, I've kind of run the gamut on that level. So it's like, you kind of have to, as an artist, you have to just not really hang too much on like the success of it all and just, 
just put it out because that is all just for that alignment. I get it. I do. It's, it's the alignment of, I think what you're talking about, you're diving deep into your inner world and then back into the real world, right? You got to come in for a, for, for a gulp of air of reality before you can go back and into your own explorations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the album doesn't come out until March folks, we will remind you super nice club members will remind you uh, in March when the album hits, I don't expect you to remember, but there's also such things as pre-orders, which will probably become available. Right. Yes. Um, And if you're into vinyl, buy the vinyl is it will there be any other like a set or even even more retro like a cd how's it coming out what formats <laughs> there'll be for release day there will be a cassette and then mm-hmm. vinyl is is in the works it's it's all delayed so it won't come out for release day but it'll be mm-hmm. you know a few months after yeah folks if you buy we offer this guarantee for any of the of the books or the, or the output of our guests. When you pre-order, when you purchase uh, Goodman uh, in a physical form, whether it's cassette or LP, if you don't like it, which would be weird and um, we'll judge you, uh, but if you don't like it, we guarantee it. We'll buy it back from you. Whatever price you paid for it, the Super Nice Club will buy it back from you and we'll give it to somebody out there who will appreciate it. So feel 100% confident in jumping into Miles's Good Man album. And we'll remind you of all this as it gets closer, but there is no risk, all right? Yes. There's no risk to, to take your first taste of Miles' greatness. All right. Yes. Uh, you did something with, I got to ask about this. I saw this in your press material with Tunde from TV on the radio. Yes. I love that band. What did you two get up to? Uh, this was a few years ago. Um, this is when I was playing with Antibalas, this group that I used to play with from about 2010 to 2016 or 17. Um, and we were the house band for a Paul Simon tribute at Carnegie Hall. And there were a whole slew of, of different guests that we got to play with. But for with Tune Day, uh, he, uh, the song that he played, because he goes way back with, with the the Antibalas crew and everything. And uh, we did an arrangement of, well, f- for this particular, for his song, uh, which was Think Too Much, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Simon tune, I did the arrangement of the song for the whole band to play. So we kind of worked together on making this sort of remix, re rethinking of Think Too Much. And then that kind of, for a while with my former band, we were like, you know, he was helping me out, like giving me some, some like kind of production help on a past album of ours. And yeah, so we, we just got to know each other through, through this crazy Carnegie hall show. And I, I'm such like a huge fan. <laughs> I was just listening to dear science the other day, yeah. um, which back when it came out was my shit. Um, yeah. And, but it had been a while and just like, yeah, the array of, of sounds on that record, it, it really holds up. It does. I still listen to it. I still listen to all the output. But, and looking forward to what's next, hopefully. It seems like it's been delayed a lot. Uh, another TV, yeah. you know, uh, record. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Your album, Good Man. I, this is another thing that I saw from your. This is what's so great about. So if you're doing a podcast, folks, 
if you have a, a if, if, if the person you're talking to has a great uh, team behind them, they give you all these cool tidbits to explore. You don't even have to do any sleuthing. I don't have to do any work. It's just all right there in a press packet. So hats off to Shorefire for taking care yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Because um, they put together some interesting quotes and some interesting bits. So one of them, you say your album, Good Man, explores the gulf between one's true nature and meticulously curated presentation. And you hinted at that a bit ago with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with popular. I love that. I'm kind of confused. Though. Aren't online tools and social media supposed to help us show just how, you know, special and unique each of us are. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't it just great how it all works like that? Um, Wait, it doesn't. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Uh, no, I mean the, the album, Popular specifically was a lot more about the social media thing and and what that has created, but there's a deeper kind of thing that I've been thinking about for years now, basically since like the kind of when the Me Too movement kind of was starting, was was resurging um, Mm -hmm. and I was having these you know, we're like in Trump era, we're in early Trump era, we're in like uh, Harvey Weinstein days where it's like, that's like the big story. And then there, and then it starts sort of trickling from there to different other stories that come out. And you have these, I I was sort of uh, amongst the men in my life, you know, I I wasn't friends with any Trump supporters, right? Uh, i I don't know many full-blown Trump supporters or, you know, I haven't ever, um, but you kind of know where those people stand um, and they're pretty easy to like, okay, well, you like Trump then, okay, then you're this, this, uh, you know, great, go in your corner and do your thing. The thing that I was coming up against was the men in my life that were, you know, super anti-Trump, but were having doubt or anxieties about what was happening with the Me Too movement as far as this, you know, back then it was the, the new, the new beautiful phrase cancel culture was coming, was rising up from wherever it came from. And this idea of, you know, how am I supposed to, you know, you can't even like uh, put your arm around a, a woman or how am I supposed to act like, you know, there was a lot coming up for men in my life. And I was just having more and more conversations uh, about this subject and just feeling like weird. I thought this issue was pretty uh, simple. Like it's like, it's a good thing that things like harassment and, you know, assault and like all these things are being talked about. And maybe there's a growing pains part of that evolution, but in general, it's like, a good thing to happen. Um, but it wasn't that simple for a lot of men. And it's definitely st- still is not. So that's where this idea of good man came up where it's like, mm. I, I am a good man, but yet I also feel like these, this, 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 and this, like this kind of duality that I started recognizing in some, just in, in the world in, in men who were frankly kind of like, spooked by what was going on in the culture and not really sure how to act. And that little, that was the seed from there. It was, it was kind of just became this character study of this moment in the evolution of 
men and and like the the downfalls and the rises and falls and 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 all of the anxieties and the you know thinking about your history thinking about your family thinking about how you were raised all this reflection that is so necessary but is being met with a lot of challenge because it's not what we've been conditioned to seek and to do yeah <laughs> that was a that was a mouthful <laughs> no but it's great because it is it's just the beginnings of a cultural shift and and in conversations right all of this stuff whether it's dave chappelle or it's harvey weinstein uh, learning how to as a man and me as a middle-aged white cisgendered male going, well, what is all this cancel culture? What is, what is, you know, what am I, how am I supposed to react? How am I supposed to be on, you know, present as an ally? What's the way to show that you're an ally without, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, wait, but that guy's white knighting and all these terms, right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so it yeah. is a confusing time for a lot of folks. And, and I know a lot of people don't want to accidentally say or do the wrong thing. Um, people have different folks have different insecurities around different issues they don't want to misspeak themselves. We'll get into pronouns uh, in a little bit, but you know, around mm-hmm. that, they don't. People are afraid. Like I don't want to mess it up, and mm-hmm. and it seems like in a lot of places we go, people who were our heroes are being dethroned, and that's mm-hmm. also challenging. I mean, I'm reading this morning a lot about the Apple II movement, right? Apple Computers is this company that ostensibly is a guiding light of cultural evolution and advancement, right? But the company apparently is riddled with sexism and misogyny. And it is doing a really great job of, of keeping that away from the public eye, right? Uh, yeah. According to an article that I'm reading. And that's disappointing for a lot of people, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a consumer product. Who cares? It's a, it's a computer. I mean, seriously. But we create these totems and they have meaning for us. And now we're being asked to look at all of them and look at all of them closely and we're being asked to defend ourselves when some people are saying, oh, you attached yourself to that, that thing's wrong. So you're wrong. And it makes you defensive really quickly. Yeah. And the conversation is so fast, so furious. It's making a lot of our heads spin. And I just think that the big challenge is for, you know, for me, for you, for a lot of us is to keep talking, stay open to conversation and not withdraw into our corners. Yeah. where we sort of calcify our positions. So yeah, I, I just say, yeah. met your rant with my own. So go ahead. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're, we're on a podcast. We can oh, rant as right. long as we want. It's, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> no, I, I would add that, um, that it's also listening. You know, it's like this for, for men, um, you can group them, you know, white men is for sure. And then men in general and, and also masculine identifying people, you know, it's like just listening to other voices. And and I've been on this kick for the past couple of years of just, of really just checking my defensiveness, checking my like reactions and taking more breaths, listening more like these, like very, very basic things that I have just through osmosis sort of been permitted to kind of let go over my life. And now I'm kind of checking back in like, okay, like even if I were to misspeak that happens to everyone, but then what happens next, you know? And that's where I feel like a lot of issues come up for men, especially these days is like 
it's not actually that you can't say the wrong thing or like that. It's just that if you do say something that's insensitive and someone calls you out on it, even if maybe the call out is more of a call out and not like a calling in, mm-hmm. still see it for what it is and don't jump back. Don't like shoot back at it. Just be soft. That I feel like is the pivotal moment where I, a lot of these folks, they lose the thread where it's like, well, it wasn't actually about what you said exactly. It's how you reacted when people said that what you said was not great. You know, like there's multiple steps and layers to this. It's not just like, we can't say anything. It's so hard though. I'm not making excuses for anyone. I'm just saying it is really hard to train yourself to respond rather than react. In all things, not just in in, in conversations around these issues, but in all things, you know, somebody comes across the street, something happens to you where you're having a bad day, you know, uh, instead of cursing at the guy who cut you off, think, oh, you know, maybe she's having a tough day or just really didn't see me or I've done that too, right? All of these things where we just react and knee jerk. Um, But it's true. Like somebody corrects you on something that you say that, that isn't cool. And maybe they do it, like you said, I love this phrase that you use, calling out rather than calling in. That's, I haven't heard that. It's perfect. Um, Maybe they call you out in a way that is aggressive and personal and mean and not entirely fair, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to stop and think for a second. Okay, what I said is what triggered their reaction. And I have no idea where they're coming from. I have no idea if to me, unfortunately, I'm representing a whole history of this, that, and the other to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to allow them that and stop and breathe, allow that they're sort of wrong about me, but they're right about the correction. Yeah. Right. Divorcing the two things. That's hard. And it's hard in the moment, but I don't think it's that hard. It's just hard when you haven't had to think about it before. And a lot of us, myself included, until what, 18 months ago? I mean, it's crazy, right? Until yeah. 2020, we've not really had to think about it much, yeah. right? Just now and then, maybe something that steps way over the line, but we really haven't had to. And now we are. And it's kind of great. There's a lot of people who are getting maybe unfortunately castigated when they shouldn't because the conversation hasn't evolved yet. And we may look back and go, Oh, that wasn't quite fair, but that's just inevitable. It's inevitable that in these conversations, we as a culture are going to make some mistakes and then go back and correct. It's not going to be a perfect process, but it's going to be a better process to get us to, as the super nice club likes to say, a 10% nicer world. Um, (laughs) Yes. For you, though, Miles, COVID and the 2020 protests really sparked something in you, an unwrapping, um, uh, an unfurling of sorts of who you are, of your of your non-binary nature. Is that is that my fair to say? Is this all accurate? Very yeah. accurate. So I want to talk about that, but I want to start with when you, if you know, when did you first get an inkling? When did you first think, oh, I don't know, these these kind of hard definitions of gender don't seem to define me. How old were you? Oh, uh, oh, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, I, I'd say that 
it, it never occurred to me that clearly, but I will just say that, you know, when I was in second grade, I would paint my nails um, and I loved doing it. And then, you know, got made fun of one time in school and I was like, oh, well, okay. Like that sucked. <laughs> like, I guess I'm not supposed to do this. And there were times when I was also very young that um, my, you know, neighbors, we would play in our, in our yard and, you know, I would wear a dress, like dress up in their clothes and kind of like as a fun game. And it was funny. And I was like, kind of, you know, clowning around and uh, it was just sort of, I was free at one point <laughs> in my life. And then slowly, you know, life just, I don't know, since you, know, you move into high school world, middle, middle school world, high school world, and there was sort of a boxing in, but I didn't really realize it as it was happening. It was, it was more just like, this is, it just happened. And then at a certain point, um, you know, really in, in my, so I'm 30 now in my mid twenties, one big turning point was playing with Will Butler, uh, who's in Arcade Fire and who I was, I'm, I'm sort of his drummer in his solo band. Mm -hmm. And he, we were, I was opening for Arcade Fire with Antibalas and I, I sort of caught like my, 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 my he, he totally transfixed me with his performance simply because of the way he moved when he would play, when he plays keyboards with that band, he has this sort of ballet dancer approach to moving from one keyboard to the next. And in my mind, I was registering at it as feminine, you know, mm. because it's like, it was gentle and it was soft and it wasn't bashing, you know, although he would definitely do a lot of bashing of the drum and all that. And, and I got to talk with him and then eventually we connected further and I started playing in his band and the way that he performed then permitted me to explore what I was doing when I was playing drums for him. And I started like unlocking my body in a way that I was like, oh, this, this is the shit right here. Like this is, <laughs> I feel like empowered right now. I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm boxed in. I, I feel like I'm, I'm still playing the drums and I start, I had started playing standing up, which I do still. And I was able to sort of dance a little bit while playing and, and really like just lean into that. And that was a, a pivotal kind of moment because then that, that set me off on uh, just like really trying to get back to my child's self, you know, just my, my, that freedom that I had wearing a dress in the backyard with, with my neighbors. Um, and then fast forward another four years or three, four years. And, and now finally just last year, I embraced my non-binariness and, and, and it kind of makes sense for me. I was like, Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's me. That like, shit, I wish I had figured that out earlier, but uh, the, the language didn't, wasn't around when it wasn't a thing right for you to identify in in the in popular culture and in the in like the conversation so yeah it's been it's been an evolution of unboxing well that (laughs) unlocking is is what is why we're talking because folks if you look at these videos that i that i first saw of miles just um if you're not driving go to instagram.com slash uh insta miles isn't it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insta miles go to Instagram.com slash Insta miles and you'll see clips uh, of the videos of miles 
on top of a flatbed truck <laughs> moving around. Um, and they're in the show notes too. Link to that will be in the show notes. But that, when I saw that, there you are, Miles. You are just free. And like I think I said earlier, like a, a, a happiness bubble or something. It's mm-hmm. just coming out of you, right? And it's that unlockedness is apparent and it's engaging, man. And you should be, you should be super proud of who and what you are right now, because it does attract people to you. And that's the you that they're attracted to. That's got to feel great. So I love that. What I don't love is what you said that in second grade, somebody made fun of you for painting your nails. You remember that moment to this day, right? That moment impacted you for years and years and years and years. And it still does. Right. So we have to remember folks, these little asides that we make to kids, these are moments they remember forever. And, uh, and as it was probably made by another kid, but still, you know, it's something when we're talking to our kids, remind them that their words, when we say all the time, kind of flippantly words have power. Don't know if we really think how much power they really have and what slight words have long lasting power. I, I was nine or 10 years old and my next door neighbor's mom, I came out, you know, summertime, red in California, it's 120 degrees all the time, 115. It's just hot wearing shorts. She looks down and says, you've got chicken legs, <laughs> right? Now I was a skinny kid. I'm just, I'm just still a thin man, but I was a really skinny kid. Those words, I didn't wear shorts again for 25 years. Yeah. From just one woman just saying something drunkenly to, to a young me. Um, words have real, real power and they can just lock people up and lock people away for a long, long time. Something to remember, folks. And it's glad that you, I'm glad that you got unboxed. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's when we talk about things like, you know, male conditioning and all these things, like they're, they're not like these grand uh, moments that happen throughout a man's life or throughout it's, it's these, it's the micro moments. It's the little cues that we pick up. It's like, it's in the air. It's, it's in movies, it's in TV shows, it's in little interactions, little phrases, little sentences that someone says, like you just said, and, um, that you add up enough of those it's, and it, it shapes people. And, um, that's, that's natural, you know, and, and then, you know, you have to work through them. But if, if, you know, you went to therapy and you were talking about your, you know, what's going on with you emotionally, you're not going to bring up uh, that, that one time, you know, 25 years ago that someone said something very, you know, slight, there are a lot bigger things going on by the time Mm -hmm. that a man Mm -hmm. might actually go to therapy, but those are the little things like build a man. And then it's a matter of not, I don't, don't want to say breaking it down because it's, it's like that there's something, there's a violence about that or like a, it requires you to have a breakdown or something. That's not mm-hmm. what it's about. It's just, it's just uh, metabolizing it, turning it into something else. You know, for me, it's like now I paint my nails all the time. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And, um, so you know just just using what you have and re re kind of regenerating Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's a great thing if you're able to identify those moments 
you know, um, yeah. go back in and, and dig for them, you know, sometimes where sometimes they're just, they're always there, but you just haven't expressed them. For me, it's helpful to just talk about it. Ah, there was this yeah. time when I was a kid and this happened and, you know, I still don't wear shorts very often, but, um, Maybe I should. I live in LA. It's it's always short weather out here. <laughs> always. Yeah. It's always short weather. So you now identify as they, them. Um, for how long? Since, since 2020, 2021? This is a new... Uh, so um, they or he pronouns, but um, okay. yeah, the, the earlier, earlier this year, 2021, I don't remember exactly when I like that when I really came to it, but it was sometime this year. Yeah. Oh, you don't remember that moment. Oh, that's a bummer. I was hoping you did. I was like, well, how, I remember I'm the, just curious yeah. how that, how that, I mean, it's not a coming out, but it's, it's a sort of new expression. How do you present that to people? You know, I'm curious as somebody who's pretty naive about that, although, you know, I yeah. have different friends. I remember one friend just approached me once and said, Hey, from now on, I'm addressed as this, and this was maybe five years ago. And it wasn't a they or a he or she it was a, it was a new pronoun that, uh, that they had made. I don't remember mm -hmm. what it was. And that was the first time I had heard anything about it. I was just like, oh, okay. And of course I slipped up a bunch because this yeah. was before this was even a, in my world, much of a conversation at all, but they were really cool about it. How is that for you? Do you, you know, when people, I think you said they, he, so there's not really mm -hmm. a, an easy slip up for folks, right? Yeah. No, I mean, um, and I, I'll say that the, the sort of moment of it all, it, it, it was a process that lasted almost a year, um, I think, of, of me actually having conversations with people around me and unpacking it before diving into it. Um, so there, there was a, it was a process. It wasn't really a moment, although there was sort of a, a day when I like posted about it, but the posting about it was not really the... I had already decided and it was just a matter of, do I even want to post about this? Do I, you know, how do I want to exist with this on my, with my social media life, which is, as we all know, a life we all have to reckon with mm -hmm. anyways, but they, he, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I initially was like he slash they, and I don't feel too attached to the language of it there. It feels a little separate from the, the point for me personally, I feel like I'm, I know who I am and I understand that I present a certain way and actually keeping he as a way people reference me is sort of an acknowledgement and a, an acknowledgement of how I present to the world and what I, and the privilege that is attached to that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I present as a white man to the world. And there are a lot of things that happen to me or don't happen to me because yep. of that presentation. So for me to just sort of say they, them, and claim that fully, I did, it didn't feel right to me. And also I just feel like I, I also connect with my masculine identity pronouns or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's right. not, but anyways, um, yeah. And then eventually I switched to they, he, because I do, I, I, there was sort of an initial resistance that then I took a few months to break through. And I was like, you know what? I actually, when I'm with a certain circle of friends or certain people, they refer to me as they, and I feel a little lighter when that happens. And I really love when that happens. So I'm going to put that first. 
you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's sort of what, and it might change. Yeah. And, and that's, that's sort of the great, the, the thing about non-binariness and about this whole gender thing and all of it is just like the whole idea is that it, it changes and it can change and it's in flux always. And uh, that's the whole point is that we are breaking out of these, these, these sort of like rock sculptures of like he, she, male, female, and even the people that do identify as men and women just sort of freeing them of being like, well, you know what, today I don't feel like a man. You know, I, it's not like this is forever. This is just today. Like that right there is non-binariness for a moment. And I think for me, I love the idea of like one day it's just all, it's all just today I'm this and, you know, but it's going to take a long time to get there. So for now we have a little Instagram part uh, where the, we can get put our little pronouns and, and it's great you know <laughs> so if you're listening to this um and there are more of a few of you who are who are just kind of like i don't just yeah that's cool that sounds great i just don't really get the whole pronoun thing mm-hmm. that's cool um i'm not going to say that i totally quote unquote get it can empathize but it's for me i'm just a a dude dude or a he guy I, don't, I haven't really thought of my pronoun before right man manly Just me, I can't say that I get it from a personal level where I've had to really think about my pronoun use. But if it confuses you and you're having those conversations where like, I just don't understand why those people need to do that thing. I would just Mm -hmm. recommend only, hey, it's cool to not get it, but just be open to the world around you exploring the conversation. Be open to the world around you exploring pronoun use and think and look at it and kind of go, oh, it's no skin off my back. Cause it really isn't right. It's not yeah. asking anything of you. It's yeah. just, you know, it's a new conversation. It's a new dialogue and maybe be stoked that you're alive during a period where there is this kind of transition into a different way of looking at being a human. It's yeah, pretty it's exciting. Yeah. It's pretty exciting folks. And it's not degrading anyone. I know it might feel like it at times because you're like, Oh no, there were just two things. And, you know, we kind of ruled the world and now there's a bunch and, you know, it's, it's, we're, you're feeling a little bit threatened. Like maybe you're not as important as you were. That's nonsense. It has nothing to do with that. There's, there's yeah. no, there's no attacking traditional men or traditional women that's happening. No. Here. The only attacking that's happening there is in your mind and maybe just kind of let go of that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also non-binary thought and all that is is not new it, it has been around for forever for, yeah. for like you know back to indigenous cultures and stuff so it's really more about um catching up like we are we're moving into the future while all with, with these things that we i think get labeled as this new thing that's happening um but in reality it, it has been around it's just been so silenced that we we don't really people haven't felt empowered to even explore these things. It's just a matter of broadening language and broadening our minds uh, a little bit, but it's not at all any sort of attack. And there's a lot of things these days where it's like, you don't need to feel threatened by the, you know, you are you and I'm me. I feel like this, you feel like that. And we're, we can both exist and great, you know? Yeah. When, when I was just stating a second ago that I haven't really thought about how I identify and that man, manly or guy, guy, I, 
as I was saying those words, though, I remember thinking, oh, man, is that going to come across as, you know, somehow insensitive or wrong? You know what I mean? Because there's all this internal dialogue and censorship that's still happening. And that's going to happen yeah. for a while where I'm worried about saying something that is going to offend somebody whose sensibilities I don't totally get because, there, you know, there's so many different people and they all can be take things in different ways. And we're at a point with social media where we're afraid of, of, of offending one person, right? Because mm-hmm. one person could jump onto your feed and go, you're wrong, da, 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 da. And it'll just ruin your day, right? Yeah. And you're afraid like, oh no, that one person is going to attract 10 more people. And, and, and now the super nice club is done <laughs> because I said, man, manly in a podcast. No, I mean, it seems ridiculous, but there is, there is a sort of sensitiveness and a fear right now where we're at that, that, that one misspoken word can crater you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that taking this meta, this meta example, that uh, like you're, you're talking, you just reflected on it. You just talked about it and mm-hmm. great. Like I think that that is, um, a pivotal part of this, the process of like, if, and by the way, like, you know, I, I didn't find that offensive, but I, I understand what you're saying, but it was, yeah. it was a joke and whatever. Um, right. But like, it's just a matter of uh, like, just addressing, addressing things, honestly, like you just, you just address it honestly. And uh, that when it comes to online stuff, yeah, it, 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 there's not a lot of room for nuance and, and, and sort of nuanced discussion and reflection. So it's always going to seem like a, pretty much no matter what is happening online, whether it's a wonderful little thing, uh, you know, I mean, you get a nice comment online and, and it makes your day or it makes you mm-hmm. feel great. Um, but in reality, that is just as it's just as much of a trap as someone making a shitty comment and making you feel bad. You know, it's like online stuff, which is not to be minimized because it is literally like all our lives. Now, (laughs) a lot of the day is online, but it's like, it's all gotta be taken. It's all in the balance, you know? Um, So, but anyways, so I I think that just the nuance of it um, is, is key. Yeah, me too. And I think conversations like this one, which aren't necessarily like, I'm not being particularly insightful about it. I'm fighting my way through what I'm trying to say and how I'm feeling with you, but that's honest, right? This is kind of, it's yeah. going to be murky and muddy and and not every conversation is, is going to be beautiful and insightful because we're not at a place. I'm not at a place where I have really deep insights yet into my own um, experience with this yeah. whole new world. I just try to support my friends a ton who are going through yeah. this directly, who are on the front lines, who are being maligned for their choices, you know, uh, and that's the best I can do. But learning how to support them is also part of the process. I'm yeah. still figuring that out. Like, what's the best way to support? You know, it's, it's, uh, well, and I'm still, I'm in, I'm in that place too, just yeah. in a different, in a different way, maybe a little bit, but like, that is the name of the game, especially for people like us, you know? Um, and you know, it's, we're, we're not any, I'm, I'm still, you know, just the other day I, I, um, 
posted something about my non-binariness and someone responded, a friend responded just about talking about white privilege and uh, raising like a super valid concern about, you know, non-binariness, not sort of uh, taking the, or uh, uh, excusing someone of their white passing privilege in the world. It's a super valid point, but it was, it was on one of my posts. And so I felt that moment of like, you know, and, and I actually had to reread it multiple times because the first time I read it, I, I put a certain voice behind it as I, I felt, you know, here's the post talking at me. And I made the voice the first time kind of like a, a like, and you're wrong and you're wrong. And then the more times I read it, it became more of a sort of, friendly just sort of like hey also this and presenting this other point and the the more i read it i was i was calming down i was like okay yeah no this is i actually was creating words that they were saying that i didn't that you know as i thought about it and i was spiraling or when my mind was like oh they said this like they that's not me though that, that why would they say that about me like blah blah, blah. and then i reread it and i was like oh no no, no. They, they didn't really say that they said this and Actually, it wasn't as much of a pointed attack or anything. It was more of a raising another point. And then I responded and it was fine. And so it's just, it's the online thing is tough, um, but it's just because there are these dis- disembodied words and voices that are coming at you. And of course, you're going to respond with walls at first. Yeah. Yeah. It's online's tough because we have no no perspective, no insight into the person usually, but it's tough in the real world too, right? You're in a relationship with someone or a family member. They tend to, to listen to our words through the filter of who we've always been, right? Or yeah. the behaviors that we normally exhibit. And when we're trying to modify our behaviors, when we're trying to grow, when we're trying to do better, sometimes it can be frustrating because we'll encounter a situation where someone who knows us well will assume that we're coming from the old place right? Mm-hmm. And judge us poorly for it. I'm like, no, wait, that's not what I meant. I understand why you would think that, but you know, I'm here mm-hmm. now. And it, it's hard to get credit sometimes for our growth with people right. that know us really well. So that's another difficulty. And that's where online can almost sometimes free you because people only take you with the value of your words. There's pros and cons. The communicating yeah. as humans is so crazily difficult. You think that we'd have gotten <laughs> better at it after all this time, but it's still so hard. Um, Music though, is such a thing that communicates so beautifully in a way, because it can be so open for people to interpret in different ways. And it can allow people to hear what they want to hear when they need to hear it. So you can go to certain tracks, certain artists at different times, and you can get a communication to your soul, you know, in a way that you need it at that moment, you can use it as a tool. You know, you need to get hyped up for jazzercise. You need to get over a relationship. You know, you need to get into a, a, a place that's great for studying. Music does all of these things. But one place where I feel like it really, really stands out as a huge difference maker that affects history is when it's employed as, uh, how do I say this, as part of the emotional fabric of a people's movement. Mm-hmm. So, Talk to us about how you're helping with this with Musicians United, 
this is a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, that that is a so shortly after the the George Floyd protest started, uh, a friend of mine, Julian, uh, reached out about putting together a we were we were there were a bunch of musicians out in the streets kind of just so you know there were tons of protests happening every day and um musicians were just scattered around at all of them just kind of showing up and and my friend julia reached out about trying to get a a crew together to start like a, a resource for protest organizers if they are putting together a protest you can go to the Instagram uh, and reach out via email or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. we have a pool of musicians that we can send to the protests. And this was something that was happening with bikers who were doing bike security at protests. It was happening with audio engineers who were supplying PA systems for protests. And so this was one of, there were a few musicians groups uh, that was doing the same thing. And it has evolved and, and, you know, with the protest movement itself, uh, it's, you know, waxed and waned and, and ebbed and flowed. And basically it was just a way for musicians to tap into the moment that's happening because I think musicians or and artists in general um, are able to not participate because of their contribution with art and with music to the world. But, um, and we, we also can get, get away with sort of being a little more performative with our support for things. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very, very adamant about musicians literally like getting your instrument and going out there and being a part of these protests um, against police brutality or whatever it was at the moment, because for me personally, it was like, I don't know. This is what I know how to do. I know how to hit my drum and keep a beat and listen really well. So I'm going to go out on the street and do that. And it's literally the, the most direct support I can provide besides, you know, financial or other, you know, there's many different ways to protest, but um, so yeah, that was the thought behind it. And um you know, the, the protest movement now in this moment is, is different than it was a year ago. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm proud that Julian sort of reached out about and that that has grown into, you know, the, the, the group of musicians that kept showing up every week, we became our own little friend group. So, yeah. Does musicians United, um, exist in a a sort of a codified form now, like online, or is it still just sort of a, um where it's on instagram okay yeah it's it's just at musicians united nyc Um, all right that's that's sort of the the way that all the because all the all the protest stuff was was being organized on instagram or being disseminated on instagram and so that that was sort of the hub that we were using yeah i just love that you're taking what you like you said what you know how to do and that's how you show up to support your friends show up how to support strangers with your very best tools. And we can all do that depending on what we're doing. You know, we can give our expertise. Everybody needs, if we have a career, the reason why we have a career is because somebody wants whatever it is that we do. That's how it works. That's how you get paid, right? Whether you're uh, fixing HVAC systems, you're, you're making music or you're a biologist, 
studying something, whatever. There's a, there's a lot of jobs out there. That's just three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so whatever they are, we can give somehow to the movements we believe in. Um, when did you know that for you that it had to be music? Do you remember a moment when you made that decision, like this leap of faith, like it's music or dust? There's no turning back. That is, uh, unfortunately, I don't, I, there was no moment and it was just, it's literally all I, all I know. I don't remember. <laughs> it just was anything like, else when my dad, my dad is a musician. And, and back when I was growing up, he was a, you know, fully working musician, uh, gigging and everything. And so I do remember going to one of his shows. I would go to his shows all the time with my mom and just instantly seeing the drummer. It was, it was just like, I was drawn to it. I mean, I was, I got my first drum set at six. So it was before I was six is what I'm okay. talking about here. So yeah. it was like really early kind of just energy hitting me and just being like, I need that. I need to have that. And, and then pretty much when I started playing drums, when I was six, it just never stopped. Um, and you know, my parent, my dad being a musician and my mom being a music lover and my dad coming from a musical family, it, it was kind of in the cards um, and okay. they did nothing but support me. Um, so that, that was huge. And it just never, it was never a decision. I went to music school uh, and yeah, <laughs> that's, Good for you. that's it. That's great. And then you learn, you've learned, obviously more than just drums. You've gone on to, yes. to sort of be a musical polymath. And so this, which reminds me, because I don't want to forget this, um, folks, <laughs> there's a series of videos and songs on, on Miles' site uh, called Multi-Miles. All right, yes. you, gotta, you, gotta go, you gotta go to Miles' site, the links, links in the show notes, uh, and check these out. My favorites are where you play your interpretation of my all-time favorite, my, my all-time hero, Prince, uh, yes. covering a Fela song and vice versa. You know, the Miles <laughs> Francis as Fela, as Prince doing the cover yes. of Let's Work. That is genius. First of all, Let's Work is a great funk jam from back in the day. That's just a great song. Uh, and he does oh, it yeah. all, right? Prince does it all, the instruments, the production, the whole thing. Seriously, folks, stop what you're doing after you're done listening to this podcast. Don't stop the podcast. Uh, and head over to milesfrancis.com. <laughs> click multi-miles. It's so worth it. There's so worth because it's there's like six of you. There's like sex tuplets. It's video yeah. edited in where Miles is playing each instrument and singing. It's it's awesome. And and not only that, but they're there are pretty cool conceits behind what he's doing. So I just didn't yeah. want to forget. I did. I had to give a shout out to multi miles because it was one of my <laughs> favorite things. I did a rabbit hole last night, just watched a ton of them. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, I want to, I'm going to be doing a lot more of those, but yeah, that, that was a big quarantine aha moment for me. I was like, Oh my God, I can just dive into this and, not look back um so and the thing prince and fela like have so much so much musical language that they share even though they never were you know they never crossed paths in any way but uh they they were it was instantly like oh well i gotta put these two together because you know <laughs> it's too easy for me uh, yeah for you <laughs> <laughs> for you and i'm just watching oh my god of course this is amazing it's one of those mashups that had to happen um yeah. but it's not happening because it's happening through 
Miles Francis as he's channeling both at once. I'm, and there's yeah. six of them. And I'm just like, ah, my head's exploding <laughs> a little bit. I love it. I love it. So we do Thank a you. pretty new segment on here called Give Me the Lip. Lip for latest Instagram post. Again, uh, thank you, Lucienne, for, for winning the contest and naming this segment. Uh, so we go to your website or to Instagram and we check out whatever your latest post is. Are we talking about it for a second? Okay. Oh, All right. Here we go. So Instagram slash Instamiles. I'm looking at a photo of Miles sitting on a, on a porch uh, with a couple of pumpkins and a tiny dog in an even tinier red sweater. And the caption is, Tony got a new sweater. Oh, and more October things. So there's more pictures. Okay, there's another picture here of someone standing about to get, I think it's pre-axe murderer. It's very spooky, <laughs> like a uh, outdoor scene. Um, a big dinner. What's the dinner all about? That was uh, me and my band when we did, we did a Relics live session. Uh, and that was dinner before the show. And Tony is your dog? Tony is my dog. I'm really glad that he came up on this podcast because uh, he, he deserves a mention. Yeah, he's, he's almost two years old uh, and he got a little red sweater and I, I felt the need to, uh, you know, give him his moment. When's Tony's birthday? <laughs> it's uh, January, I want to say 19th, but I have to double check. We're going to call it January 19th. So Tony... <laughs> It's a little bit early, but from everybody in the Super Nice Club, happy birthday. Where's Tony right now? Is Tony in the house? He's in the house. Yeah, he's he's, around. He's not in there. Tony. in the other room. Hey. No? All right. What what is Tony? He's probably very much. Tony, I'm not, I'm I'm pretty good with dogs. Let me take a look. Looks like a Rottweiler Great Dane mix. Am I right? (laughs) Close, except uh, maybe size it down about five times. (laughs) <laughs> he's a he's a norfolk terrier he's oh that's little, pretty much the same thing you pretty much dogs know that norfolk terriers are pretty much they look like a rottweiler and a great dane put together they certainly he certainly acts like a rottweiler oh, he thinks he's a rottweiler very good looking little very good looking little dog and now the last thing on here because this is the fun part about this is i get to zoom in you're wearing some docks um yes docks are back bigger than ever i love that <laughs> but your shirt raider band hm letters scattered is that a band that we can oh, yeah. pick up right now yeah let's pick them up they're my friends operator music band okay operator music band that's the yeah. shirt you're wearing all right how do we find operator music band oh well on uh, on all the things but on instagram okay. they're just uh, operator music band Operator Music Band. That's All right, it. so shout out to Operator Music Band. Know nothing about them, but if they're friends of Miles, yeah, they're probably great. awesome. New York they're band. They're like Devo, Devo Craftwork kind of win, win vibe. Yeah, like them both. Okay, cool. New York. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the that was the latest Instagram post. We got a lot of information there. Dinner, yeah. horror movie, Tony. <laughs> The horror movie, by the way, that that was not a horror movie. It was a ghost walk that uh, oh, Lizzie and I did in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And we communicated with some spirits. So that's all I'll say. So what you're saying is I was pretty much right on. Pretty much. We were yeah. living in a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
All right. So now we get to, uh, we wrap this with two things. One is the be nice challenge. This is a cool part of the show. And this is just where you give like a little bit of a challenge out there, something that people can do to make their world or the world a little nicer. It can be like a small lift, like, you know, go say hi to your neighbors, or it could be something really big, which is, I don't know, you know, um, write an essay on the Stonewall Alliance through history and how it's impacted your life, even though you don't know that it has. Like, it's just a little challenge, something people can do. Yeah. I would say go to, since on our episode, we talked a lot about my personal journey with non-binariness and a lot of my own evolution. A lot of that had to do with uh, Black trans folks, um, Black trans women in New York and uh, people like Queen Jean and Joelle Rivera. And uh, just, they had a I have to sort of give credit uh, where credit is due. And so there's an organization called For the Girls that based in New York that, uh, you know, fundraises, they, they throw parties, they fundraise to help Black trans people play, pay for rent or get surgery. It's a really great organization. So I would just say go to forthegirls.party to donate and or on instagram it's at for the girls and girls is spelled g-w-o-r-l-s so it's girls yeah so that would be my my little call that's great all right so get behind for the girls even and you know what's the best part of this if you have zero interest in what miles just put out there as a challenge like yeah you know the black trans thing that just um, it's cool, but it's not my jam. I really want you to be the one that really checks this out. Just stretch yourself a little bit. Be like, okay, Todd, I'll trust you because, you know, you have trusted you so far. Go check it out. Stretch yourself a little bit. See what this is about. See if you can identify one thing that they're passionate about that you're also passionate about. I guarantee you there'll be something there. I absolutely guarantee there will be something there. Um for those who go in and support and want to feedback, uh, let us know what you found interesting about it. If there's something in there that really just set you on fire, would love to hear from you. Miles would also love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, anybody that does feedback, you'll be in the running. You can win a super nice club. What um, One of our champion hoodies. They're really nice. Made by champion. They say member sense always or uh, don't be a dick you know, under the logo on the front, big logo on the back. <laughs> They're sweet. They're like a, you know, $70 item. So whoever uh, feeds back on this, on this uh, uh, challenge, we'll put you in the running to win one of those things because, you know, um, bribing people to be a little nicer is, is always <laughs> a long way. way. It goes a long way. <laughs> All right, Miles. So we, we end these conversations by flipping it around where you're the host for just a second. Uh, and you get to ask me a question. Any question? Any question? Hmm. Well, I'll ask you, who's your favorite Beatle? Oh, boy. That question, huh? Um, <laughs> this is where I'm going to lose a lot of super nice. And also, and also it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-parter. Who's your favorite Beatle and which Beatle are you? Uh, I know this is terrible, but I've never really gotten into the Beatles that big. You know, oh, I know. Yeah. More, more Herman's hermits, you know, uh, <laughs> Henry the eighth. I am, uh, no, I, I do love the Beatles and appreciate them. I'm just not a big Beatles guy. I've, I'm like a, 
Nick Cave, David Bowie, Sly Stone, Prince guy, right? Oh, well, um, I mean, American yeah. Music Club, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but I would say of those, God, this is probably the least popular pick, but I also, when I was growing up, my, my older sister, one of my older sisters, Erin, used to sing a lot of Wings songs when she was taking okay. voice classes, you know, yeah. so McCartney's had a little thing. I've had, like, you know, I grew up like he was doing stuff with Michael Jackson. Um, I don't know anything about Paul McCartney, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the popular, unpopular pick and say Paul McCartney. He does have a beautiful voice, too. Oh, yeah. I'm I right mean, there with you. Come on. He put out a recent little thing with Beck, I think, too. Oh yeah. Wow. I gotta, I gotta check back in. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Besides, besides Ringo, I have to, cause I have to say Ringo uh, as a drummer, um, but Paul as well. I could have gone with Ringo just guy. because he narrated one of my favorite movies of all time, which is called the point. It's an animated movie. Uh, and the point actually is a parable for a lot of stuff that we just talked about, to be honest. Cool. Um, he narr- marinated, he marinated, he marinated <laughs> one version of the point. There was another one where it was uh, Alan Thick, I think. Oh, um, nice. Robin, Robin's father uh, narrated yeah. the other version. It's called The Point. It's an animated film adaptation of Harry Nilsson's album, The Point. And Harry Nilsson is an incredible musician. He was considered, hey, let's bring this all the way around, uh, sort of like the fifth Beatle because they loved his music. They were Harry Nilsson was yes. their favorite American performer. And there's a great documentary on the troubled genius of Harry Nilsson and his relationship to the Beatles. There, that's my answer. <laughs> awesome. I can't believe you asked me that question. That's fantastic. Who's next time, Beatles? next time I'll have to ask you, what's your favorite Bowie era? Uh, but uh, that's, that's for the next time. That would be an hour long conversation, my friend. Yeah. So, hey, thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us, uh, your music, your explorations. The album comes out in March, folks. It's called Good Man. Uh, the world can use a few billion more good mans, men's, people's, humans. Again, check out the album, pre-order when it's available. If for some weird reason you don't like it, that's awesome for the Super Nice Club because then we get to buy it from you and find cool homes for it. All right. So money back guarantee on good man honor system. All right. Um, that expires uh, on my birthday, June 10th, 2022. So it gives you guys uh, a three months to get into it and check it out. Hey, oh, yeah. really great talking to you. Hello to New York, please. From the super nice club. We yes. absolutely love New York, New York city, New York state, the whole place. So big love to you, New York. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really, really nice conversation. Thank you for being so open. Welcome to the club, Miles. Welcome to the Super Nice Club. Feels good. <laughs> Feels great. All right, there you have it. Super nice conversation with Super Nice Miles Francis. They are, to me, inspiring. I, I, I remember looking at their first video, like mentioned in this podcast at the top of it, when they're up on top of the truck and just dancing around, having an uninhibited great time in front of everybody in New York. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's the vibe. That's the energy. That's the super niceness. That's delivering your message to people directly in a beautiful way. We need more of that, right? I don't want to see more DoorDash drivers and, and, and big ads for whatever the heck Elon Musk is doing next. Nah, I want to see people dancing in the streets, making music. That's life, right? 
ow, I just hit my hand on it. God, that hurt. Anyway, I get excited by exciting people. And I hope that you do too. I hope you loved listening to Miles Francis. Hope you dig this track, Good Man. I'm about to spin for you right now. And I hope you go out and uh, follow Miles on the grams, on all the different places. But mostly listen to Miles' music. Get into it. Get into the music. And thank you. Thank you for being in the club. Until the next episode, two weeks from now, stay nice, everybody.
So what? Big deal. 